Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the What Culture Gaming Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Tilford, joined by Ben Roy Taylor. Video games. And Josh Brown. Hello there. Hello there. Now, we have been getting some more information as to when things might be getting back to normal. So hopefully there's not that many more of these webcam-only chats to go. But we also thought we would open with just a quick sort of summary of what we've been up to that hasn't been gaming-related. And then we're going to dive into the absolute insanity of what we've been playing, because none of it makes any sense, especially on my part. Um, but whatever. Um, but yeah, you wanted to start with something that we've been doing that isn't game-related. Benroy, how's your life been? Ah, uh, you see that this is all a ploy because I've been watching a film called The Final Fantasy Spirits of In. Oh, let me tell you that oh I have consumed two bits of Final Fantasy media over my lifetime. That and what is it that what was that other one with Sephiroth in it? That that film that they did, Advent Children. Yeah, that one. Uh, this is better than that one. And I just want to say the underrated movie. It's not, like, is it? No, I, I think you. it's been almost twenty years. I think you should give it a go. Go back in there, get involved. <laughs> Still looks good. Great cast. What do you think? I I can't the, the sentence I've owned the only Final Fantasy media you've experienced is Spirits Within and Advent Children is I almost want to stay in lockdown so I never have to see you again for that. <laughs> That's the worst thing you could say. Josh, have you seen Spirits Within? I've seen bits of it like about ten years ago when a friend was trying <laughs> to get me into Final Fantasy. Can't remember anything that happened. No, but I do appreciate that little comment because the people at home sadly won't be able to see this, but I could see your face during what when, when Ben Roy was talking there. I could see the, the contortions you were pulling, and I'll never forget that. So now oh. I'll associate that face with these Final Fantasy CG movies. Well, the thing is, like, when Spirits Within came out, and it was like, oh, my God, they're finally going to do a, a Final Fantasy movie. And obviously, we had the golden trilogy of 7, 8, and 9, and I still like 10. And then they did Spirits Within. And I remember, as a, as a young lad, running to the cinema with all my friends to be like, oh, my God, what have they done? Look at the graphics. Look at it. It's amazing. That movie has nothing to do with Final Fantasy whatsoever. And the more you delve into it, the more I think it was just a name bolted onto some other treatment that was hanging around in someone's back pocket at the time. And it's just, that's a... That's a travesty, that. But Just I, a I'm great sci-fi movie. Steve Buscemi, <laughs> Ving Rhames. What more do you want? I can't remember the rest of the cast. Final, Final, Fantasy, I Final Fantasy. I would like something Final Fantasy related. Was there a single Moogle in it? No. Uh, there was uh, probably a dead chocobo somewhere. <laughs> it's uh, it's not a good time for me. But I, to be honest, I've not been back to it since, what was it, 2002? What's the name? Uh, it was 2001 it came out. I, the first time right. I watched it was on a, you know, when Blockbuster started getting rid of all their VHSs. Mm-hmm. My mum just came home with it one day, like for like a pound or something. It was like, add this. <laughs> just along, with, along with like the Terminator and stuff. So I watched that, yeah. Oh, did you watch it? 
you watch it before you saw the Terminator? Probably. Brilliant. Good. That's a good life trajectory to be on. Josh, what have you been up to that isn't game related? Uh, well, Scott Telford, I have been. Uh, this is my. This might be worse. I've been watching, rewatching the Twilight series. I've been going <laughs> through them all, and I'm currently up to dawn. Why? You know, what, you know what's even worse? They might be all right. You know, they might be good. Stop the it. Uh, this is right. No, no. The first one's bad. The first one's not good. Okay, but it's good crack. It's way more entertaining than some of the most boring MCU films. The second one, the one I was expecting... Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're saying that Twilight's better than some of the worst MCU films? It's better than Thor The Dark World. I'll tell you that. Oh, okay, that's no, man. Okay. Uh, New Moon, I thought that was going to be the most boring one. Good crack as well. Turns out to be quite a competently made movie. I watched a clip the other night. It's by bloody David Slade, the guy who yeah. did 30 Days a Night, and I'd seen it before, and I, I didn't really like it that much, but this time around... They managed to make it pretty good. It's quite interesting. The Jacob and um, Edward, you know, versus love triangle thing, horrible. They're all horrible people. But the vampire action, surprisingly good. I'm in it. I'm looking forward to the last two installments. To be honest, I might crack open a, a little 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 bev tonight and uh, just watch <laughs> Brick and Dawn Part One. That's that's where I'm at. Scott what, and ben Roy. what made you want to go back to them? How did you stumble on that? Um, well, I wanted to for a while because I always wondered whether or not they were actually bad or whether it was just kind of one of those internet few raw things of, you know oh, what I mean? Girl. Like, we don't like stuff that a lot of teenage girls like. Maybe we're just being a bit too harsh of it. And then going back, I kind of agree with that. You know what I mean? They're not as bad <laughs> as what they could have been or you know, what people said. There's a lot mm -hmm. of dumb stuff in there. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying they're like Citizen Kane or they're, or they're as good as the good MCU movies. But... Mm -hmm. There's a lot of crack to them, man. Is all I'm I saying. think you speak for yourself in regards to liking things teenage girls. Like, I'm a huge Carly Rae Jepsen fan, so I don't really mind what <laughs> well, comparisons okay. you want to make. What I should, I should clarify, when you're about 13 or 14, you have an intense hatred of what teenage girls <laughs> like. But now, yep. now you're older, with hindsight, you, just learn from you understand the world a bit more. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like, well, what was, what was all the fuss over, really? It's all right. It's fine. <laughs> I've never watched them, probably never will. Oh, <laughs> to be fair, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go out my way to recommend them to you. But if you, if you had seen them before and you wanted to see how they hold <laughs> up, the answer is surprisingly well. Considering how far Robert Pattinson has his career has come since then, um, it's insane seeing him start there and then look at the trajectory of stuff like High Life and he's going to be Batman and Tenet as well. well. This is the thing, man. Going back to watch it, I don't want to make this a Twilight podcast or anything, but it has a bunch <laughs> of like really good actors in it. Like I love Kirsten Stewart. I think she's mm. gone down a similar trajectory as Robert Pattinson since in a lot of good indie movies. But like the supporting cast, there's there's Anna Kendrick in there. There's mm. uh, Rosita from The Walking Dead in there. There's a bunch of other people. Definitely, it's, it's good stuff. Yeah, I, can't, I forgot the actress's name. <laughs> Near enough. I mean, yeah, the, the thing with, I, I don't know, man, I can't, to be fair, I've not been back to them since whatever it was, 2003 or something. Um, and I remember just being dragged to those movies by my girlfriend at the time and just thinking, what, just what's going on with the effect? <laughs> and that bit when he runs up the tree and it just looks yeah, horrible. Yeah. Um, that's all first movie. I, I had broke up, broken up with it by the time that New Moon came out. So it, it didn't last very long, but I never saw Eclipse. Maybe there's a whole, you know, treasure trove of vampire delights just waiting. There um, is, to be fair, you know? Yeah. Like, speaking of terrible Maybe. effects, I've been playing Mafia 2 as well. That's... Well, you can't have a game yet, mate. I've still got to do my <laughs> non-game thing. Oh, um, sorry, Scott. It's all right, which is only to say that uh, me and my wife have been experimenting with different um, breakfasts from different parts of the world every single day, um, because how else are you going to use up everything else in the fridge? So we have, uh, we've done a bit of everything. We did a bit of a Japanese breakfast. We had a bit of a salmon and a rice breakfast. We did um, a Mexican wrap thing that had, like, avocados in a wrap in the morning. And we did... Um, 
oh god there's so many there's a one that <clears throat> had a whole load of olives and stuff in the morning basically i would recommend shaking up your breakfast uh, your mornings um just for the sake of, of starting the day on some fish because i've I, been never something i would do i've been looking at these um photographs that get put up of this um endeavor and i'm very very jealous because <laughs> uh i want all of these meals to be honest all of these breakfasts that look mm -hmm. very good what oh, i say is imagine having breakfast and imagine waking up before 12 over the past four days I've had. <laughs> well, I've been getting up even earlier to try different types of breakfast. So it's uh, it's been fun. I would recommend the Japanese breakfast and the uh, Turkish breakfast uh, for those out there. But yes, we can segue into uh, video games. Josh, you want to talk about Mafia 2? Because that thing seems like it's on fire. Yeah, me and Ewan just covered it in the news, so check that out for our like immediate response. But I got this um, for the bank holiday weekend. I actually bought it on Tuesday when it came out because it was the full um, you know, surprise drop thing. They announced mm. the Mafia trilogy, then they announced that 2 was going to release on Tuesday, so I bought it. And man, this thing is like a complete disaster. It's one of the buggiest games that I've personally played. Like really? I would put it up alongside the likes of Assassin's Creed Unity or Fallout 76. <laughs> like it's that level of just they completely dropped the ball. Like oh, from that's that's that Unity is this the bar. That's the lowest bar yeah. we've got this generation. It's that bad. The thing about wow. those games is you can kind of excuse them because they were at least, you know, like current gen offerings. But yeah. this is a remaster that's barely had anything added to it, and yet it still runs like well, I can't words that I can't say in a podcast poop. It's uh, <laughs> like from head to toe, it's just broken in for the first few hours. I kind of quit some slack. I remember messaging you saying, mm. like, it's it's not too bad, you can overcome it. Mafia 2 is still a great game. I'm right at the very end, I'm on the final mission now. It, mm -hmm. My lord, the past few hours have just been a sort of slog. Like the way the frame rate tanks, even when you're in your apartment, nothing's going on in the in the things stuttering all over the place. To weird issues like the fact that the dialogue only goes in one headphone for whatever reason. <laughs> I don't know why that works. To the fact that like the sing the audio mixing is just so off that you have to constantly turn up the game and turn it down. It's like right. a complete shambles. It does mass mafia a disservice. It makes me, it's one of the first times where I properly wanted a refund for a game. I haven't asked for one, but mm. it's, I, I considered it when I first got it. And I, I was saying to you and earlier on that like I even considered playing it on PlayStation Now. I considered streaming it because right. that seemed preferable to what they've actually released for £25. Let me very quickly drop something in here, right? Because I comparing remasters, I bought the Saints Row 3 remaster as soon as that was announced because Saints Row 3 is one of my favorite games of all time. I absolutely love it. And so when they put out all the side-by-side -side comparisons of the new one, the amount of work they've done to Saints 3 is ludicrous. Like, that thing is completely overhauled, like, completely new character models, textures across the board, like, just everything. Um, and it's great, but it's greater on Xbox One X because it runs at a solid 60 and in 4K, and I got it on PS4 Pro, um, which is fine, but it's not, it could be better. And I just sort of, I just, in a momentary lapse of, you know, the, the old quarantine madness, I sort of forgot that I owned an Xbox One X, to be fair, there's nothing <laughs> else to play on it. And so, like, I got the same throw, and then I was like, no, no, it's, it's better on the other thing. Have you guys ever gone through the refund process of trying to get a refund on PlayStation? Yes, I did. I, only one time. Because, Ludicrous. Um... Yeah, it's, it's... like they asked like just so many things. I was like, look, I literally, I was so frank. I was like, this was an impulse buy, and to be honest, and the frame rate's a bit naff, and I've read it's a bit better somewhere else. Can I please just get my money back? I've only played it for like twenty minutes, and you just get all these like stock responses of like, can we have a detailed response of where exactly did it happen? Did you get any error messages? Like whatever, and I, I just replied, I was like, for the love of God, I'll just keep it. So like, yeah. <laughs> well, so yeah. sorry, Ben, right? 
was going to say, for me, I tried once before and successfully got a refund mm -hmm. because I woke up to a little notification on my phone from uh, PayPal saying, you have had £300 taken out of your account. And some <laughs> little goblin had gone and got one of the FIFAs. It's on my, it'll be on my trophy system, just a FIFA game somehow, for some reason oh, really? I've played a FIFA game. Yeah, and um, they spent £300 on the FIFA coins. Wow. Uh, speaking to PayPal, this is, a, this is a hint for everyone out there. PayPal warned me not to go through them and make sure that I contact Sony first because if I got mm. a refund through them, Sony blacklisted you forever and you could, your account's basically just dead. Right. So yeah, that was um, that was a long process. That took four days to get all that money back, but I eventually did. Got there for you, like they, <clears throat> I get that on, on their end, they don't just want to be handing out refunds left, right, and center. But I just kind of thought, like, look, I've only played it for twenty minutes. Like, just let me get my money back or whatever. Um, in Mafia 2's case, though, I guess because you've played so much of it, it that'll make it impossible to get your money well, back. But, yeah, yeah, that was that was the thing. It was when I was first booting it up like the first night i played it, i must have played it for an hour or two and then i got mm. on it in the morning afterwards and i just thought this is bad maybe i should get a <laughs> refund obviously mm. i didn't continue playing it but like their, their system's so weird like you were saying i've tried once before with a fifa as well benroy and it took me three weeks of back and forth responses <laughs> emailing instant chat and actually phoning up and i got nowhere and they just said mm. like you know allowed. and i was like why i i've downloaded a game that i didn't mean to buy because it, yeah. it was i bought it through a glitch it's that thing where i was on the playstation 3 and it was mm -hmm. controlling my PlayStation 4 when it actually accidentally bought a game. Uh, since then, I've put two-factor authentic authentication on, so that can't happen. But, uh, right, right. So, so that happened. And I was so essentially, I was pointing out a glitch that could happen yeah. and also asking for my money back. And they just kind of disregarded it all. And I was like, oh, what a, what a good three weeks of my time. Bear in mind, <laughs> before I had a job or anything, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? I was at university, so funds were very limited. And I didn't play any of the game. It was just downloaded. And I thought, all of that oh, is... Is yeah, sorry. So I'm just say all of that is way more valid than just me sort of impulse buying State Row Three, but at the same time, their refund process is ludicrous. Do you but remember yeah, like the be... um? Sorry, sorry. Uh, I said the sort of like the attitude error of when you bought a game, you could trade it back in a week later and get your full <laughs> refund. Yeah. Like I would go through, and I, for about a couple of good months, I was buying a game every like two weeks or so and mm -hmm. taking it back in and just recouping that money. Like Godfather, mm -hmm. Hitman, Blood Money. Let's go. Let's keep going this train. Let's <laughs> spending more money, and then I got shut down eventually. We kind it of doesn't make why. that there isn't. Oh, sorry. I keep, I keep just right. chalking over you both. I was going to say I can't believe that there isn't a system like Steam where you have a set amount of like time that you can play the game for, and if you don't like it within that time, you can send it back. That seems mm -hmm. like there's got to be some like leeway. I feel with Sony, especially, there's no leeway with taking get back games or refunding mm -hmm. games that are, are broken or that you like got on. A, a, bad faith purchase or something yeah they don't really have like a well they have like a system for refunds but they have like a blank statement that says if you've booted it up at all then you aren't allowed a refund but i was like i'll just see if it'll like change or whatever um but i guess in, in regards to mafia 2 though like that genuinely feels unfinished or it genuinely feels like it's it needed more development time um so would you overall say have you, have you got any like positive takeaways from it or is it just like for the love of god wait until it gets patched a lot more yeah i would not buy this as it is i i, I regret it fully like i think if you buy it now you're just essentially throwing 25 pounds away because there, there are better ways to play the game mm. and um it, it actually gets worse if you play it on a playstation 4 pro compared <laughs> to a regular playstation so yeah like considering they've done very little to it i love mafia 2 as a game i think it's a great game but mm. you won't get that experience if you buy this version just just wait until they fix it because they've got to fix it they can't yeah. just push this out and it makes me worried like again i said with you and it makes me worried about what they're going to do with mafia 1 because that's a total remake and mm -hmm. although parts of Mafia 2's remaster was outsourced, it's still it's not a good look for this whole initiative. 
No, I mean, I think looking at the way that they've announced everything, I think Mafia 1 is their big deal thing because that's getting completely overhauled, like Saints 3 style. And then it was like, well, you know, we have these other properties. Let's just sort of fart those out as well. Do a version of Mafia 2 and a version of Mafia 3. Like Mafia 3's obviously had very little work done to it just because it's the newest one. Um, but I guess overall, like Benoit, did you, are you interested in the Mafia series or did you play them before? I, I looked at them with judging eyes as, as a younger person going, oh, just looks like some sort of GTA client. And then I uh-huh. watched people play them. I, I remember sat there, watched a lot of free being played, but I never really felt the need to jump in and give it a go. Mm. So it's not like, I also compared it a lot to the Godfather games back in the day. So uh, I don't know. It's just, I don't think it's me, especially in this time when I'm trying to barrel through games on my new schedule before other games come out because mm-hmm. of like, the mafia games like, especially mafia 2 is that like, this hyper detailed like kind of almost the direction rockstar would go in like with red dead 2 like sort of more like, meticulous like you can fuel your car up and you've got to drive at the speed limit and stuff like that like things that i guess like a new age rockstar might actually try and put into a gta um but this is this definitive edition is clearly not the definitive edition and, <laughs> i guess just wait it out until it's way better low edition just you know <laughs> Yeah, we've got your cash edition. Uh, ben, you <laughs> mentioned uh, The Forest, which I have heard of. I don't know if Josh has, but what's the deal with The Forest? So let me just, I think it's going to disappear. Like, I edited a video the other day, and it was called 10 Best Horror Multiplayer Video Games mm. out there. And it's uh, hosted by uh, Ash and Kirsten. It's not going to be, go- I don't think it'll go out for a while yet. But mm. one of them on there, spoilers, was The Forest. And I was like, oh, this looks all right. Just, mm-hmm. you know, on a little island. And it kind of got like a, uh, adult Minecraft vibes from it, like you know, Minecraft, but what if it was, you know, I it's weird because Minecraft, I say anyone could play that game, but this seems a bit more like R rated, like 18. And just going on around with my friend, you know, chopping some wood, like you know, <laughs> going around, starting a little community for ourselves, and then every now and then getting hassled by some mad cannibals, like some big lads <laughs> going around, and then they only get worse. There's at one point, you know, that thing out of inside at the very end, the big blob, yeah, there, there's them that that. Things like that are on this island as well. And oh. Called Armsies. I'm like, get off me, you! And I just have to run away. <laughs> so I just, so I spent like a, a good portion of my weekend just chopping down trees to build a wall to keep, like, to, to keep us safe and build our cabin and build like log things and just mm-hmm. build all this stuff just to like make a nice little home. And then eventually find a, a cave full of cannibals. And then I was eaten. <laughs> it kind of sounds like a horror version of Minecraft. It, it totally is. It's just you crash on the island, and there's a sort of like a story that it would, it's a story. There's like parts of the island when you find you find like uh, bits of paper because you're trying to find your son Timmy, I think his name is, <laughs> and you go through the progression of going through caves, going through, find these camps, but you've got to do it so cautiously because there's different levels of these cannibals. There's like mm-hmm. the little proper like smeagles, like yeah, they they get do nothing to you. Then you got the big blue lads that are just they will ruin your day. You. And then when you get two or three of them, you need to just run. And then you've got the armsies, which just rip you in half. But I've been really just focused on building a nice little house. Is there a um, single-player mode in it, or have you got to do everything online co-op? The single-player is is basically... The game can either be single-player, or you can play with friends, up to four. So Mm -hmm. it's just the same game. But like uh, you know like when you uh, play a game, it's just, oh, this person's just man. There's just another person with you sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So it's the exact same game, but on your own. That sounds cool. Um, Josh, did you, have you heard of this? Yeah, me and, um, me and Kirsten, actually, we did a, a horror upcoming horror games list because the sequel's oh. coming out. And she, uh-huh. she, again, was saying about how like good it was. And I piqued my attention looking at it properly because I love the idea of, like, like what Benroy was saying, that you're on this island, you've got to survive first and foremost, but also you've got a bunch of these cannibal lads after you, which uh, sounds right <laughs> in my street and sounds like a perfect kind of 
multiplayer late night game you know what i mean i haven't had one of those in a while uh, a proper good cooperative experience so mm. i kind of dig it and i might get it when it's on sale but it's, it's on sale I, now and also it's, ah. i tell you how scary it is when i'm chopping the tree and you hear some rustling and i think they just play noises into like your speakers because i was like what was that and then you look around there's nothing there and another time i'm just chopping and i look up and on the horizon three or four guys run past i'm like and I'm just telling my friend, oh, just get, get back here. They're, they're looking at me now. They don't just attack you straight <laughs> away. There's this thing where they like, they they sort of like, cut, like yeah, they like you get down the street. Come on, you come at me. You, you want some? You want some some bruv? It's like that to me. Like you know, imagine a bunch of kids just like stopping you in the street, trying to like mug you. Is that your way um, of fending them off from the camp? Just no, I, I'm just I'm going back. Like leave me alone. And they're just like like that the whole time, like trying to come <laughs> at me. And I'm just terrified. And it's on sale now. And I recommend it, Brown. Well, that's what I've heard. Like, that's what piques my interest the most, the way the AI works, because apparently it's not just like these mindless zombie types yeah. running after you. Like, they actually, you know, goad you into doing certain things or they might see where you're camped and then not attack you straight away, just kind of assess you, but then mm. come back at night and, like, then, um, you know, try to get you. I love that idea that they've got a certain amount of intelligence and you have to kind of assess what they're going to do, not necessarily just back up and kind of, you know, flail at them with a with an axe or something i went last in this throw but like um we put our encampment so there's like say two imagine like a square obviously and two of the sides are against the cliff so they can't really get behind us but when i was still building like the wall like two of them snuck around and started beating up our farm it's like, get out of here, you little and like things like that they come straight at you they're trying to like ruin your day before that sort of thing and there's all these things like if it rains, you get cold and you need to dry off and stuff. And it sounds frustrating, but it's not. We built a little raft and we just went around the raft around the island, found a boat. And then you see these little bastards. Uh, can, uh, can we say bastards? I'm pretty Can't sure. Well, you've done it now, Ben, right? You see them. We, 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 and they're, yeah, they're, they're, they're kind of like coming out of the trees down there and looking at us and running back in or running, scurrying down the beach, waiting for us to get close. And it's just like, it's, there's something about this game and I can't wait to play it later on. <laughs> I love that. As it reminds me of the Long Dark, do you guys play that? No, no. Ah, the Long Dark is sounds like the forest, but minus like more of the enemy encounter stuff, and I guess minus the the building and stuff. Just a totally different game, but it reminds me of the Long Dark. <laughs> the Long Dark was just like you know, you take first person survival aspects like one hundred and one, and you're just like wind chill matters and wind direction matters, and trying to like hunger down and build a fire and like getting crafting components and stuff like that. I just, I guess, in my mind, I was imagining this sort of like derelict. You know, you're in the middle of this place and you're trying to sort of scavenge to survive, and it's kind of that tone that was like very much in across like the mid twenty tens. Yeah, it's um castaway, but with cannibals. That's what I'm going to say. That sounds cool. Here's a cool fact: a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact: you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. 
This podcast is brought to you by Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it just makes hiring all in one place so easy because you just get unparalleled access to job seekers. Plus, listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash WCG. Just go to Indeed.com slash WCG right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash WCG. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So um, for my list, I, I, in absence of there being like that much new stuff, obviously Last of Us 2 is out in like four weeks or whatever it is, three weeks or something, um, I, I sort of just turned my uh, attention towards everything else. I was like, well, I can just make new releases happen if they're new to me. Um, so I've just been returning to a bunch of stuff. Uh, the Last Dance on Netflix got me playing uh, old school NBA games, so I went back to um, NBA Playgrounds. NBA 2K20 is on sale for 90% off, not that we're shilling for 2K, but it's down to like £5 or something. Um, wow. So I bought that on switch and then realized that it's the file size is too big and it won't even fit on the switch so i just own a copy of that as well um but nba 2k is really good if you play it on uh, xbox because it's on the game pass um but then for the most part i've just been playing splinter cell and um, because i put a video out on saturday about how ubisoft should resurrect it and what really happened with michael ironside across the 2010s um and i just think like splinter cell like that whole period where everything went sideways with like splinter cell conviction when it first got announced and everyone hated it and they sort of pivoted the design and then when they did blacklist everyone hated it because my client side wasn't in it and obviously the series has just been away for like seven years um i guess first of all where do you guys come down on splinter cell in general are you both lapsed fans or when was the last time you loved it lapsed fan for me i i do i do love it but it's been a long time since i've touched the games like i haven't mm. played the game since blacklist came out which i i loved but i like you i've, I've wanted to go back to it i was mm. funnily enough i was watching over the weekend or maybe it was the star last week um mark brown of game makers toolkit has just done a really great series on um how stealth mechanics work in uh, video mm. games and obviously mm. a huge part of that was focusing on splinter cell and a lot of splinter cell clips from the older games and i was watching them thinking i, c- I could go for this because in a way like that style of stealth has just kind of it's gone out of vogue hasn't it like oh yeah, you don't yeah. stealth games like yeah. that anymore that a kind of methodical approach to ghosting through an area and trying to utilize all of these gadgets in an interesting way so mm. i am tempted to go back to those uh, that original trilogy at least so well, i think you might spur me on here scott yeah man the thing is like those original ones like because i went back through all of them when they added them but not all the whole way through but went back to each one of them for a good few hours when they added them to the backwards compatibility like they're all backwards compatible on xbox now which is great um but yeah that's the thing that original trilogy like um they're like it's like awkward stealth like you are sort of moving through they're very much like prototypes until chaos theory perfected it and then chaos theory is like this immaculate you know one of the best games of all time kind of thing um but then they also because like action games were on the rise or whatever they changed it so much with conviction um i don't know if you had like a negative reaction to conviction at the time i did um then it was the other brought in the mark and execute mechanics so it's like one stealth kill equals auto targeting like four more guys and you can just 
blur through that game. Like I beat the whole thing in like an afternoon um, yeah. just by throwing proximity mines everywhere, headshotting everybody and doing sort of minimal um, stealth takedowns. But like they brought that stuff back in Blacklist. It's just that people didn't care by then. Um, so yeah, having played like recently, like Double Agent, Conviction and then Blacklist, um, I just think it's about time it came back. Like stealth isn't a thing, but Phantom Pain did immaculately well. Hitman 1 and 2 are like, you know, super well regarded. Um, mm -hmm. I guess like just to open it up, like, I don't know, would you think Splinter Cell should return now or what would you change about it if you brought it back? Bring it back, please. Now, um, the, the <laughs> whole thing of them bringing it back in Ghost Recon, which mm. is, is still still burns at me because like, oh, you brought him back. So so there's There's got to be sunk out there. But mm. I mean, like, that's one of the reasons I got that game to play right. that uh, part of it. I bought that game for like £15 just to play like the Splinter Cell bit and then end up enjoying it. It was quite a fun time. Mm -hmm. But... I remember. I still remember the time when I uh, I didn't have an original Xbox. My friend did, but I had a PS2. And when they announced uh, Spinner Cell come to the PS2 via like, PlayStation magazine, I lost my. I lost it. And <laughs> I I love those first three games. Even though Pandora Tomorrow was the end airport levels put me through yep. so much pain and suffering. It was it was so much on one not, point. Not a fun time sometimes, but I've I've pretty much enjoyed every Splinter Cell game, even the annoying one that doesn't have uh, Michael Ironside in it. Just, yeah, I just think about uh, Sam Fisher. He needs to be gruff and old and not tell you what, right? happy in any way. What's really weird is um, in researching the piece for Saturday, I did not realize at all that Ubisoft did a whole sort of mini Splinter Cell DLC for Ghost Recon Breakpoint. Like, obviously, they started with Wildlands. They did a whole other one for Breakpoint called Deep State that just got zero coverage whatsoever. But really? there's a ton of Michael Ironside in it, yeah. Um, and it's all about like him returning and working with the ghosts, and it's very much played like a stealth game. Um, and it even has the music from Chaos Theory. It has the old, like, Eamon, I think it's Eamon Tobin was the composer back then. Um, they take the music from that and they put it in. Um, and it's, I was just like, what the, when did you do this? Like they have that whole thing with Breakpoint where, you know, they apologized for it and said they would fix it in the coming months. Um, and then the big return to form thing was this uh, add-on called Deep State, which is kind of like their little mini Splinter Cell. So I almost bought Breakpoint on a, on a whim and then realized <laughs> that it's still 50 English pounds. And I was like, no, I'm not that crazy. I'll take a Saints Row 3 remaster instead. But at the same time, like, yeah, do you guys know about that? That they did like a whole add-on thing? I knew they were going to do it. I didn't realize it had come out. Like, that's yeah. a big issue. I almost bought the game as well when it was on sale. It was on sale for <laughs> 15 pounds. And if mm -hmm. I'd known that was in it, I might have actually took the plunge. I know. Well, it's in it now, I guess, like, because Breakpoint's back up to full price because they think that they've patched it enough. Like, it has received a bunch of overhauls in terms of its base mechanics. It's obviously way more polished now than it was at launch. Um, but yeah, now it's back up to full price because they obviously think it's like a full price Ghost Recon again. Um, but it just sort of knocks, like, I was just completely like blindsided by it. Like, oh my God, there's this whole Michael Ironside fronted DLC that I totally missed. Um, but still, Spinner Cell overall was on that massive Walmart leak from like two years ago. So yeah. there had to be something eventually. It just seems kind of ridiculous to not do something. Um, both of you guys uh, put The Witcher 3 down. Uh, Josh, you finished it. Ben, I think you're still swimming in the lakes of The Witcher. But where are you guys both on it at the minute? You first, Josh. Oh, well, uh, yeah, I did. I managed to finish it um, again. And it's still... It's just so good, isn't it? It's just really nice. <laughs> like, I was kind of a bit sick of it towards the end, but that's just because I put so much time into it and I was mm. uh, a bit a bit done and wanted to move on. But now I've had a, a bit of space from it. Now that I've finished it and got all the witchy gear and stuff, mm. um, I'm going to go back and play the DLC because whilst I've played Heart, Blood, Heart of Blood of Blood and Wine, I've I played Blood and Wine, 
which okay. is the big 40-hour expansion. But I mm-hmm. never played Hearts of Stone, and I've got it oh. um, bought and installed. So now that I've had a week or so away from it, I thought mm-hmm. I was done. I thought, you know what, I've played 60, 70 hours of it, but now I want to go back. Now I want to return and do this DLC because it's just it's scratching that itch. We did that whole podcast on it being the perfect game to play right now, mm-hmm. and I still stand by that. I think you just lose yourself in it so much, and there's so much to do, mm-hmm. and the characters are so enjoyable to be around. Um, and this time around, I even finished everything. Like I finished all of the Witcher contracts. I finished all of really? the uh, the brawling mini games. Yeah, I didn't do that Ooh. the first time around. I popped the trophies for them, and mm-hmm. I thought this is just satisfying. I just love to eat and drink this up. <laughs> the um, the Hearts of Hearts of Stone DLC has a great, Gondor Odim is such a great character, and like I forget the name of the dude that's immortal in that, but it's like they literally pick a part in that sort of Witcher style, that, like you know, dark fantasy style of like, okay, if you literally couldn't die, you'd get so sick of it, you would lose all your friends and family, and you're just he's just experimenting with ways to try and die. Um, and it's just this great like macabre story about this immortal who wished for like inf- infinite life or whatever, um, and then it just ultimately becomes this curse that he can't escape from. Like, yeah, Hearts of Stone is brilliant. Um, Benroy, how have you found it? I have. I don't think I've ever been as wrong in my life than I have with this game. <laughs> I don't. I don't. Play Breath of the Wild. Will you play I Breath can't of the Wild? Yeah, I've played it. It's just fine. Um, <laughs> I can't believe I've left it this long, and now I'm. I'm, I'm thinking about. Uh, it's weird. I've got so many things that I want to play now. I've come from that nothing, and I'm like, well, I, I need to. I need to wake up a few hours earlier than I would normally just to play a bit of Witcher, so that I can get <laughs> some forest in, so I can get some gears five horde mode in later, so I can do this and that. But I'm. Uh, I'm about. I've met the king guy now, the big king lad who lives on the boat. Uh, oh, right of it. Yeah, okay. yeah. So I'm there now, and I um I've done some other things. I tried the Jedi mind trick a few clown looking guys, and they're like, "Oh, you can't do that!" So I have to stab them all up a few times. Mm-hmm. But I'm just really enjoying everything about it. And now that I've got to the point where I've got thousands of crowns, it doesn't matter if my sword breaks anymore. I just fix it. It's fine. <laughs> I go to the same guy in um Novigrad. Like top notch swords. I'm like shut up. I don't care. Just <laughs> my sword and I can leave. I was going to ask, did you get um, like a decent armor set? Because you were dressed like a jester last time when you were hating it. Uh, what I've done is I just found, I just got the OG armor, upgraded that, and I'm just going with that. And, and until I get hit by something and destroyed, I'm just going to roll with that now until the Bed end of the game. Right. Do the Witcher gear quest. I don't know. Where is There's no sign saying Benry. The sign <laughs> is here. I, I've looked for everything and I can't see it. And I'm just like, if I do that, then I'm going to get annoyed again. Then I'm going to put this game down for another five years. Why would that make <laughs> okay, you put it down? Fair. You get I a just, lovely little armor set. I just want it to just lie down and just say, here it is. And just, <laughs> just, give me, just give me what I want. They don't make me work beast. for it. I mean the um the I forget what the name of the starter gear is. I know it's I think it's probably like School of the Wolf or something. But like you get um the Ursine armor for me. I know Josh. I think you Josh, you had like some low vest looking thing. Well, yeah. Well, I went from the School cat the armor yeah. to uh, the Griffin armor, which I focused on for a while. But then I got right to the end of the game and did and then took your advice and got the Ursine armor. I was like, I need this to finish the game with. So yes. then I swapped and then wasted all of my money, thousands and thousands of crowns, so many resources, just to make sure I had that armor for the end game. And you know mm-hmm. what? I regret none of it, because it looks sick. It's a beautiful thing. I mean, that's the armor that's on the, if you buy the, the new Geralt collectible figure that they've done, that's the armor that he's got on, which even proves that even CDPR are full backers of the Ursine armor. But um, I guess, like, where do you guys go from now? Like, Josh, you, you're going to try the DLC. Benroy, what, whereabouts are you, what are you going to do next? I'm going to finish it before, um, what is it, like May the 21st or something like that? I just want to get the game. The yeah, June 19th for The um, Last of Us. 
June. Yeah, sorry, I don't even know what what time is anymore. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to try and get it done before then. I'm not rushing it. I'm doing sort of like big quest that seems to go for seven hours. I'm like, okay, I'll just finish this. And I'm like, oh, actually, I've mm-hmm. gone for another hour or so. But I'm doing side bits as well. I'm doing a few witch contracts. Not so many of them because it's like a lot of them are just like kill monster over here or kill monster in cave sort of thing. So like, I mean, that, I guess that's for someone, but I want to see more of the story and I'm I'm really getting involved. Like I want to like know Triss more. I, w- I want to find out the workings of the criminal underground. And mm-hmm. I'm really sort of like in the whole like minutia of it now. I'm, I'm sort of so sucked in to this game that oh, I, right. I, just, I, just, I almost want to lie to my friend saying, oh no, I'm feeling ill. I can't play games or just, and then just appear <laughs> offline and play the witch. Like, yes, <laughs> it's the best. Um, like it's it's funny though because I finished it in sixty ish hours, but you're already you're already nearly fifty hours in, and it sounds like you haven't even got a Skelliger yet. Well, that's no. what's blowing my mind. Like Josh, you've done all the monster con- like the story front to back, all the monster contracts, all the side missions, all of that in sixty hours. I must have like I don't know. I must have rinsed it, man. Like I was. I'm just, like uh, hundreds of hours in, and I still have Witcher contracts to do. Like I, think I, it's because... I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's because I like I I, I played it once before, so I knew mm. how to get through you know quests in a more optimal optimal manner or something like that. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know. I didn't do many of the treasure hunts, but yeah, most right. of the main quests, at least all the ones on the board, I managed to do those. A couple of ones that you just find in the wild. All of the Witcher quests, the brawling quests, and I don't know. Maybe it's because I had that prior knowledge and I wasn't just kind of wandering around for a lot of it. I knew exactly where to go and how mm. to optimize my time. Skelliger like, is the I was gonna say Skelliger is that island, right? Yes. I'm yes. I think I'm gonna be there soon because I've been well, trying like to get there. there. There's one island that I can't get to yet where someone else gave me a side quest for. Mm. And then I need to I'm gonna get a good sword soon because there's a bloke who's his quest is like 23 saints. I can't do it yet. I'm not I'm not big enough, I'm not old enough yet. So when I'm old <laughs> enough, I'm gonna go back there and do that one and get a nice little sword as well. Still no armor, though. Um, like some of the quests and stuff, like every time I would go there, like any village, you go look to the, the quest board and then I would just hammer X, take every single quest, and I would just do that across like the main campaign. So when by the time I'd finished, I was doing like some witcher stuff along the way, but once I hit credits and I went back into that world, I just had this massive ream of just side stuff to do and witcher contracts to do. And I was gonna say as well, um Benroy, when you mentioned like you know the idea that the quest is I'll just go kill this thing there's always something else to it there's always some story strand that like spirals out of that that like actually the monster was a person all along and they have a partner and you chase them down and there's dialogue trees and whatever like it's not, um, not the um not the foglin one just the foglin mate what was, <laughs> what it was, was the just foglin one it was just a foglin in a foggy cave <laughs> <laughs> you have a little note next to him a little audio diary a little note next to him about why he was he was foggy i don't know but he did so much damage it was like I was not. I was over the level for the quest, and he was still three hits killing me. So I just stood. I did a lot of the fight. And uh-huh. I got bored, so I was on my phone, and I could. I was standing out of the way. He wouldn't come to me, so I just kept shooting him for about five <laughs> minutes until he died. Actually, that's something as well. Josh, have you did you cheese any uh, bosses or anything by just like getting them out of bounds or something like that? No, I was okay this time. Like the game kicked my ass for the first. 10 hours or something mm-hmm. which it always does but by the time i got to most of the bottle most of the bosses in the main quest i was so over leveled i had such good gear that yeah. i was just kind of i think that's partly why i got through it so quick because there was barely any kind of challenge i think i might have mm. just i think i did too much exploring early on so i had too many resources and the gear was too good and once you just get that um the quen and then a dodge in you can pretty much take anyone on as long as yeah. you know you have your shield up at all times it, it's mm-hmm. hard to 
get killed unless you get sidetracked by someone something yeah that that big shield can take like one hit of pretty much anything so you're okay just waiting the hell in and um, i'm gonna end on uh have you guys seen any of the trailers for man eater the shark game yes no. i um, i impulse bought this because <laughs> i can't not really and and it was there and i thought you know I, I loved untitled goose game if this is a new sort of like era of like animal based games i'll be a banter shark that'll be great um and so i bought it 35 pounds and you know refund process and I, I still have it and it's fine it's a fine game but it hasn't grabbed me at all so i would say to maybe be cautious but i mean josh you said you've seen bits and pieces for it yeah i didn't realize it was 35 bones though that's, well, but... that's that's steep that's 10 pounds more than the mafia 2 remaster i mean that's, same price that's completely right off but same prices in row. that seems very steep for a mm -hmm. game that I just kind of want to dick about on. You know what I mean? The like, I'm is, sure it sounds fun, but... Yeah, like, they've got this whole thing, hashtag SharpPG. Like, they've got... It's, it's surprising how deep it is. Like, no, genuinely, that's that's their hashtag. <laughs> that's genuinely their, their, their thing. And, uh, you God's can, sake. Like, it totally is. And you can uh, you can cycle out different teeth. You can cycle out, like, different armor sets. that like, you can get, like, a radioactive shark that sort of sends, like, energy beams and stuff. And they're clearly having a lot of fun with it. But, like, it's weird. It reminds me of Jaws Unleashed on the PS2, which was, like, one of the best sort of, like, five, six out of ten games. Like, it's very much in that bracket. Um, but even at the beginning, like, you do... I played it for, like, a couple of hours. You know, you take down a boat, you can jump out the water, and you can tail... And um, you can do, like, a tailspin thing, tail whip, where you knock explosive things back at enemies and stuff. Like, it's very much trying to be, like, big old banter. But the way that you control it, where it's this full 360, um, you know, lock-on system, and you're trying to, like aim upwards to come out of the water to then attack the thing that's in front of you it's just it's a bit weird i don't know if i need more like updates or um abilities for my shark but it's a bit meh initially is there anyway. a demo is there a demo there's not a demo as far as i know um, i think um no last i checked there wasn't a demo otherwise i could have saved myself 35 bones but <laughs> yeah. i just like impulse buy and stuff I tell you I what you that. should you should have done though uh -huh. is you should have uh, put a couple of a couple of pounds a couple of ink coins towards Game Pass and played Alan Wake, mate, because Alan Wake's still excellent. <laughs> you want to, we should, okay, let's finish on Alan Wake because that's your thing that I know is one of your favorite games or used to be maybe still. Is. Uh, it still is. Uh, it's it look apart from my controller, which has the what is it drift? My character always drifts forward, so that that that's always a pain in my in my brain but the game looks still looks phenomenal like when it's doing its whole dark sort of like cloudy sort of windy areas when it's daytime the game does look day to day because you can see that this texture is more low res than anything i could do in paint but <laughs> i'm still so like enthralled in the world of bright falls and i'm listening to more of the manuscripts that you pick up this time mm -hmm. and just getting really into the sort of the story of alan wake and noticing more like of the world popping because um i don't know if you two know but this used to, this was meant to be an open world game before it ever came out and then yeah because over and over again it, it kept uh getting delayed so they took this open world and they made like levels out of it and crafted out of that mm -hmm. i'm just i'm just about to enter the final mission now and just like hanging out of characters like barry who throws christmas lights on and has a headlamp he's like <laughs> i've got the eye of mordor on my head as you're fighting people just the some of the combat can get tough but i this game more than any teaches you if you got a flashbang if you got some flares just use them use them and have a fun time and also enjoy the character of alan wake and the world it's creating mm -hmm. and there's like the stephen king-esque story that's going on here 
That's the thing. I remember when it came out, I think because I came out of Max Payne and it was like the next Remedy game, I wanted more in that wheelhouse. And so the more Alan Wake became more supernatural and became more like Twin Peaks. And it's more like, here's like someone talking backwards. And it embraced like, <laughs> you took that address unknown show from Max Payne where you had the talking pelican that was murdering people. And you sort of take that and make like a whole game out of that tone. Then I just, young me just wasn't ready for that. And I, after I went back to Alan Wake, I totally got it. And also having after seeing more Stephen King stuff and watching Twin Peaks. Um, but I, at the time, I just, it's weird because like obviously that game was an exclusive to the Xbox at the time anyway. Yeah. And then it feels like it's just like everybody's little hidden gem. Like it's worth uncovering, but they never really advertise it. Max Payne's always held up way more than it. They, it's, it's weird. That it's, I'm glad it's coming to Game Pass because I lent my copy to someone and then it's just never came back. <laughs> uh, I think it's because I, I got drunk one time at Pine and just go, I'm an awake, I'm a writer. And just kept, <laughs> and until he would borrow it. But um, they Xbox teased the Game Pass like game this week. I reckon they might put Control on there, ready for the DLC mm. that's coming out. Mm-hmm. And I really hope with the DLC that comes out, the AWE, not AEW, uh, that uh, we get this conversion of the worlds. And then they go, here's Alan Wake Remastered. It's on PlayStation mm. now. Like, Because it's so weird that they own the IP now, but mm. they haven't moved over to Xbox yet, to PlayStation yet. And I feel yeah. like so many more people... Like if they put it out, say like uh, the magic sort of man is it manhunt manny or what is that shark game called? Manny is the shark one. Yeah. If they brought it out like a thirty-five, twenty-five, I think it would sell. Like I, I yeah, I just I, I mean, don't like, know why it's not been put out again. Yeah, it's just like Max Payne has always held up. Quantum Break, I feel, I mean, I really didn't like Quantum Break, but I feel like that had enough of this big sort of media push around it. It was like alongside the whole, you know, Xbox coming to the living room thing. And obviously the system, the Kinect being a bit naff, sort of like put a massive hole in uh, Quantum Break. But um, yeah, Josh, where did you come down on, on Alan Baker overall? Were you a fan at the time? Oh yeah, I'm with Ben Roy. Like at the time, I remember, I remember um, buying it for, it was even cheap back then. It was a couple of years after the fact. I got it for like £10 and I wasn't expecting much. I didn't mm. read into anything beforehand. And it completely blew me away because back then, obviously, I was a big fan of, you know, Twin Peaks and Stephen King stories. And it just kind of struck a chord with me. Like, I fully agree with Ben Roy. Like, the Alan Wake as a character, the atmosphere of that town, and just the way it kind of plays out and revels in those themes, mm-hmm. for me, absolutely does it. I haven't played it since then, but I replayed it a lot at the time. So I have quite fond memories of it. But if it came to PlayStation... I would buy it in a heartbeat. Like one of my favorite, favorite, favorite things is you can watch because you can always watch TVs in their games, and they make a yeah. fake talk show where uh, Sam Lake goes on a talk show, and they're just like, "Hey, do the face, do the face," and he does the Max Payne face, and um, which I that's one of the best sort of self self referential within their own little world remedy things ever. And I think they've only they've only expanded on that like shared remedy universe stuff going forward. Like like Ben Roy said, like Control has this Alan Wake DLC, and um, so it's pretty damn cool. Um, but yeah, I guess for now, those we've still got more stuff that we could get to. We might do a follow-up, um, sort of checking in on what we're playing, because at the minute, clearly, we're all over the place, but in, <laughs> in a good way for the most part. Um, but yeah, you can head over to Twitter, you can use the hashtag WCGP, let us know what you're playing at the minute, what other questions you have about the industry, what sort of games you're looking forward to, or anything else that you think of that you'd like us to know about. And um, for now, this has been the What Culture Gaming Podcast. I've been your host, Scott Tilford, joined by Ben Roy Taylor. Watch the spirits of in. <laughs> do not do that. And Josh Brown. Watch Twilight. For the love of God. Bye, though. Bye. Bye. Hold up. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.